Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I'm your host, Georgia Close. Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is here to serve you and stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. Through speaking with industry experts, authors, and amazing individuals throughout the world who have a message to share, we're bringing you empowerment, inspiration, and strategies that you can use instantly to implement in your life. Our focus is on the whole person. And research shows that the happiest people in the world, the most filled countries in the world, are the ones that make time to nurture and build their relationships, their money, their self-worth, careers, love, life, and health. And when we feel great within us as a whole person, then and only then can we create positive change around us. So right now, I have the great honor and privilege of doing something that has never been done before yet on this podcast, which is to personally interview yours truly, Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You. For those of you who don't know Netta very personally, I am going to share a couple little teasers before she says in her own words what her journey has been like getting here. But here's a little background on Netta. She is an incredibly diverse woman. She's a very accomplished singer. She's literally traveled the globe. She's taught kids. She's taught executive leadership. Um, Not only that, but she's also an extremely accomplished educator. And she's previously held positions that have been top executive leadership for a major education corporation in Southern California. And she has a lot of fun facts that you would just love to know about her. I will let her take it from here. Well, today it is my pleasure to have the one and only Nedalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, on her very own show for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Georgia. It's so great. Great to be here on the other side of things. Oh my goodness. It is truly such an honor. There's so many things that um, I know this audience who's going to hear this for the first time after all these years, their very first podcast about their host and their founder. Um, There's so many things that I could share. Little do you guys know, we actually know each other from a previous life. Mm -hmm. But um, I really would love to have this time to dive into the woman behind the scenes of Rise Up For You and just have her kind of go into detail about some of the reasons why she was compelled to do all these incredible things in your bio here, Netta. So it is such my honor to be with you, my friend. And um, in your own words, yeah, tell this wonderful audience a little bit about yourself and about what you do at Rise Up For You. Okay, let's see if I could sum it all up. (laughs) (laughs) I like to say that I'm multi-passionate. So there's a number of things that I do. I'm an educator, a speaker, motivator. I love to empower. I'm a performer. Um, I'm just, I'm being I'm, I'm everything that I want to be in any moment at any time. <laughs> um, and yes, I am the founder of Rise Up For You. And it's really my, I believe my life's purpose and mission mm-hmm. to help others become their best self along with myself. You know, it's a journey that is, that we do together. Mm. Well, take us through your journey a little bit. Um, I've known you for a long, long time. And this has been, you started Rise Up For You and you've been going about three years. Is that right? Yeah, three years. About three years. So take us through a little bit of your journey. What was your aha moment, as you call it, um, that really compelled you? What was the catalyst to start Rise Up For You? That's a great question. Um, It's not a short story, but I'll try to sum it up. So... You know, I think my whole life I've 
had a calling or something inside of me that always just loved to work with people, be around people. And really, I got a lot of joy out of seeing people reach their full potential or to constantly get to that, to that next level. So the first thing that I, that I did was perform. I was a performer with the nonprofit organization, The Young Americans. That's where Georgia and I met. For those of you guys that are listening, Georgia is also an incredible performer. And I recognized that I was, when I was touring internationally and nationally, that I was always one of the main singers in the cast or in the group at the time, but I was never the best singer. There was always somebody that was better than me technically, but I recognized that there were so many men and women that constantly got in the way of their own success because they doubted Mm -hmm. themselves or because they didn't have confidence or because they didn't show up with belief. And I recognized at a young age when I was 18, that that's what made me different Mm -hmm. is that I knew that I didn't have the answers to everything, but that didn't bother me. Like that didn't stop me from showing up at a hundred percent. I just did it anyway. And if I fell or I failed, if I didn't sound good, it was okay. But I just still always put my best foot forward. And I always showed up with confidence because I knew that was the only way that I was going to be able to grow and really get to where I wanted to be. Um, So it was really disheartening for me to see, especially amongst the women in our cast and in our group, always cut themselves down or have negative beliefs about themselves get in the way of their own success and then say to me like how do I how do I do what you do how do I sing like you how do I stand center stage and I always just remember thinking I'm not any different I'm not any special I just believe in myself and that is something that you have to do that and that only you can do that for yourself right nobody can do that for you Um, so it really, it really started there. Just this, this thought of how do we as individuals motivate and empower ourselves to become our best and to take a step forward and not sabotage ourselves and anything in Mm. life. Um, when I got done performing, cause I was tired and, you know, we tour internationally and live out of luggage. And even though it's an incredible experience, you can't do forever. Uh, I came back home and, Um, got a master's in educational leadership. I became an executive of an education corporation and I saw the same thing happening, which was really fascinating for me because now I was no longer working with performers. I was working with professionals that were, um, I mean, we're talking master's degrees, PhDs, 40, 50, 60 years old, have spent a lifetime in their career, had a ton of skill and technique and ability And the same thing was happening in the corporate world where women, particularly women, men as well, but more predominantly women, were sabotaging themselves and getting in their own way. And were afraid to speak up, were afraid to show up, were afraid to ask. And I really saw the effects that it had on them in their life and in their job. And it was really clear that many of the women that I worked with were drained um, there was a bitterness to them. There was an unhappiness and unf- a, a, a feeling that was unfulfilling for them. Hmm. And this was very shocking for me to see because I think that there was, there was a part of me that was very naive that thought that maybe this only happened in the performing world because it's very competitive, right? Mm-hmm. And you're always comparing yourself when you're singing and dancing mm-hmm. and you're on stage. There's, there's a little bit of that that happens. I didn't think that I would see that in, you know, the corporate world, especially in the world of education, where our job is to empower, right? And to um, open the minds and help youth become confident. Mm. So as well as expand their their mind, obviously. So this was something that was really, um, again, disheartening for me, but I didn't fully understand it because I didn't come from that place. I always had a lot of confidence and my parents were always very, very uplifting. And they taught me and my brothers at a very young age to always love ourselves and believe in ourselves and follow our intuition and do what makes you happy and do it to your best ability and never give up on yourself. I think that's the the main thing is my father in particular always, always pushed me to be better. So if I got an A minus, and some people might think this is a little bit harsh, but when you think about it, I think it's true. I got an A minus and my dad would look at me and say, why not the A plus? And he wasn't saying in a way that was demeaning, but in a thought provoking way that was really telling me 
you know, you, you're smart enough to get the A plus. So why are you selling yourself short? Hmm. So there was always that feeling growing up, which maybe at the time I didn't understand, but by the time I was in my twenties, I totally, that was me. And, and that's my brother's. So I didn't fully relate to um, the women and some of the men that were, you know, doubting themselves and getting in their way. Mm. But I saw the effects that it had on them. And I also saw the effects that it had on children and youth, particularly working a lot with in the education field. And I could see that youth follow adults. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher, if they're your mom, if you're their dad, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what role you are in their life. Children learn from the adults that they're around. And if we aren't walking confidently and putting our best foot forward and loving ourselves, then we're not going to be able to really pass that down to the youth. And it had, it still has drastic effect on youth today and the choices that they're making and how they're showing up and the self-harm and the depression and the suicide and the things that they're going through. Um, so it's really twofold. It's, it's us taking care of ourselves and then it's us being a model for the, for the younger generation that are going to grow up and really could continue to build the future. So let me wrap this up. So what happened is that still wasn't enough for me. I saw all these things happening, but those of you that are listening, you might be able to relate. It's like, you have all these signs and you feel all these things, but you're still not doing anything, right? Like there's, you're still just doing your own thing and not really going for it, but you know that something has to be done. So then I went through my own personal experience where, you know, I was 27, 28 years old and I was making an incredible six figure. I had a house on the lake, brand new luxury car, all the fun toys. And, you know, I guess what I thought was success at the time I had financially successful, you know, mater- I had everything materialistic. I had a great job. I loved myself. I, I mean, everything was great, beautiful family. Um, and then a, a man came into my life and asked me to marry him. Mm. And he asked me to move out of the country for him. And because I believe in love, and I also believe that you make the career, the career doesn't make you. And that's really important, anybody that's listening. You make the career, the career doesn't make you. The career doesn't define you. You define you. Um, and so I decided to let everything go. I rehired somebody to take my position, sold pretty well about 80% of my stuff. And I just went to Canada is where I went with three luggage. And within a couple weeks, the marriage fell apart and it was really heartbreaking and devastating and shocking. And then also very embarrassing because, when you build yourself up and we all have a little bit of that ego in us, right. That says, Mm -hmm. how could this happen to me? Mm -hmm. Like an educated woman that spent her whole life traveling the world and educating herself. And I was an executive and now I have nothing. How, how does that happen? Right. We, we always have those thoughts. So there was a little bit of, well, a lot of bit of embarrassment there. And within three weeks, I was back on a plane and I didn't have anything. I had a hundred dollars in my account. All my money was gone. And in three weeks I went from the top of my game, incredible job. You know, like I said, house on the lake, luxury car, all these things to two luggage. Cause I left one there <laughs> to luggage and a hundred dollars in my account. And I didn't wow. even tell my mom that I was coming back home wow. because I was so embarrassed and parents take things harder when it happens to their kids mm-hmm. then kids take it. Right. So it was, I knew it would affect my mom more than it would affect me. And anyone that's a parent out there understands that. So when I got back, I just, my brother, I told my brother, he knew. And, um, I just remember thinking when I was on the plane coming back that nobody is going to be able to solve or fix what just happened nobody's going to be able to change it except for me. Like Mm -hmm. only I can decide how to navigate through this situation. So I can either cry all day long, be depressed, not do anything, or I can make a proactive decision. And sometimes in life, and I think this is one of the hardest things you have to recognize what you have control of and what you don't have control of. And sometimes that's really, actually that's very empowering to recognize, to say, Wow, this is a really shitty situation. Yeah. Excuse my language, but I don't have control over this one. 
And all I can do is accept, learn from it, be the best that I can be, pick myself up and start over. There really is no other option. So I remember sitting in the plane and that phrase in my head came to me that was like, you have to rise up. You have to rise up for you. No one's going to do it. No one's going to knock on the door and say, here you go, Netta, here's your job back and your house and your car and all your clothing and all this stuff and your heart. No one's going to do that except for you. So that's exactly what happened. And out of that came rise up for you because there was a couple things that, that sparked it. The first thing is, I didn't want, I didn't want any other woman to have to go through this alone without recognizing that we all go through it. Like everybody goes through, everybody goes through downfall and trauma and whatever trauma means to them where they have to pick themselves up. Nobody's alone. And the most important thing that I wanted to get out there is that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your education is, how much money you have. None of that matters is that life hits all of us. The great parts of life, true, right? And the downside of life hits every single one of us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we feel really, really, we feel a lot of shame when it happens to us, especially if we, again, if we have those thoughts of, well, I'm educated and I come from money and all, all these things. Sometimes we think that because we have a certain circumstance that these things can't happen to us, or we feel even more shame or embarrassment, but even culturally. But the fact is, is that it does happen to everyone and you do have to pick yourself up and there's ways of doing it. And so I wanted that message to be heard for many, many women. And also that was the perfect opportunity to really get that message across about confidence and believing in yourself and picking yourself up and really owning who you are and showing up at a thousand percent. Oh my goodness, Neda. <laughs> I know this story and I have chills all over my body. <laughs> Yeah, is really amazing. I mean, so to everybody listening, I mean, you've got a great woman behind this company. There isn't anything better than coming from experience. And I know full well through other experiences that struggle and sacrifice really do end up shaping the core of who you are, which is what we all want, but we don't want to go through the struggle. And you've got that behind you in so many ways. So, wow. And um, I can attest to so many things that you just said. I mean, for all of you guys who maybe someday you'll see Netta perform, maybe at the upcoming Rise Up For You conference, (laughs) (laughs) she will will take that microphone and sing for you. But I can say, you know, when we were in that group together, I do remember watching you, Netta, up on stage and just going, this woman is different. She is not struggling with that confidence issue that I struggle with. She's not struggling with that issue that so many other women and men really struggle with, especially in performance. It's so clear. And I just remember watching you and going, wow, she is so well put together. She is so confident and she's so good. I mean, if we had a sing-off right now, you would... (laughs) (laughs) beat me but um anyway I have to say that about you and just put that little plug in thank you I Um, appreciate that but I have to ask so I mean singing singing is something I think you know all kids at some point in their life try and discover they like it or they don't and at some point you did but why education? What was it that drew you to education of, of all things? I mean, you've got a master's degree in it. You have so much recognition for what you've done in the teaching world. That's such a fascinating question. And the funny thing is, is that everything that we do in our life leads us to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I really thought that I was going to be a performer my whole mm. life. Well, ah. well, my whole life, I'm 35. But <laughs> when I was young... <laughs> So when I was in high school, all I thought about was performing. I was like, I'm going to be a performer. I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be a performer. And then I recognized that it wasn't actually the performing that I loved. It was getting on stage and being able to share my message to empower the people that were in the audience or to make them feel something. So, and I real, and I recognized that really fast once I got out of high school 
And I started performing with the Young Americans. And after I graduated from college and I got my degree in my bachelor's in vocal performance, I recognized that it, it wasn't about the voice and it wasn't about me like being on stage and doing my thing, but it was about me giving everything I have to spark some kind of change and connection between me and whoever was sitting in the audience. And that's what I realized. And that's education, right? That's empowerment. That's inspiration both ways. So don't be mistaken that whether you're a performer or an educator or a motivational speaker, the connection and the learning is always happening both ways. Mm. So I learned just as much as a performer on stage from the audience as the audience hopefully learned from me or got from me. And so I recognized really fast that it was really about expanding the thought process, expanding the emotions in somebody, building the connection between two people that I loved and I thrived off of. And that is what, that's one of the reasons why I think I thrived as a performer because I knew it wasn't about me. It wasn't about me. It was about the other person. And so for me, education, like it was just a natural flow. And -hmm. it was really clear in my mind where my brain went, yeah, great. You love to perform. And this is your next step because this is, this is what you love. And that's exactly where I went to. Um, And, and I love it. And I love Mm -hmm. all education and it's not particular to any age I mean, I've worked with adults, I've worked with youth, I've worked with at-risk kids that are in juvenile detention centers, I've worked with women in the Middle East, I mean, I've worked with so many different types of people, and the exchange that happens when you are in the field of empowerment and education is incredible, and like I said, Mm -hmm. it goes both ways. I'm I'm a student of life, I love to learn, and I love to also share, and that's really how it just happened naturally. Wow. Okay. So you're 35, Mm. which is incredible to be doing what you're doing at this point in life and have such perspective and an outlook. And so at 35, up to this point, is there anyone that you really, that really shaped your life and your decisions? Anyone you looked up to or admired? Oh, for sure. I, I mean, this might sound cliche, mm-hmm. but it's my parents. Mm. Wow. My parents hey, that's were, not cliche. A lot of people don't say that these days. <laughs> that's amazing. I can't even express my gratitude and my love. And I'm sorry, I'm getting teary-eyed because mm. I lost both of my parents, which some people know and some people don't. And I don't think I ever actually told them when they were alive how Hmm. incredible they were and how much love they gave to my brothers and I. And they really, I mean, Hmm. I would not be anywhere close to the woman I am today without them. Wow. They were so incredible. They were the perfect balance of one another. There was a combination of strength and grace. There was always gratitude. Hmm. And they really made me who I am today and my brothers and anybody that's listening. If you have somebody like that in your life, tell them because, you know, we lost our parents at a young age. We didn't expect it. So sometimes when you don't expect it, you, there's a lot of stuff that goes unsaid. Yeah. And that's definitely, we had a beautiful relationship and I'm very, very thankful, but I wish that I just had, that one moment where I said, dad, wow, you're such an incredible man. And thank you for contributing to who I am as a woman, because my dad never, ever, ever put me down. And he never told me that I couldn't be something as a woman, as a middle Eastern woman, he, he never, ever did that. And my father is from the middle East. He was born and raised there. He always supported me. And he's the one that helped me to always be confident. And my mother was the exact same way. Mm. they are the ones that have impacted my life. And I think about them every single day and they are the reason why I am the person that I am and that my brothers are the people that they are. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Neda, I don't, I really, that is really special. There are so many broken 
hearts out there because of family and not that any family is perfect, but to be able to say that about your parents and to know that they made you so much of the woman you are today. Yes, you pick up what you've been given and you you definitely get a choice what you're going to do with it. But wow, thank you for sharing that part of it. Thanks for asking. You know, this is the first time that I'm (laughs) being interviewed on the (laughs) podcast. I know this, this interview, I I needed to go for another 10 minutes, 20 minutes here. This is special. (laughs) This is the first ever. But people don't ask that question a lot. And I think it is important to ask that question because so many of us, you know, it's unfortunate sometimes in society, Mm -hmm. we focus on sometimes the negative thing because that's what sells, right? Like we yeah. focus on the fear and the hurt, but there's a lot of positive stuff too. And yeah, all of us have positive people in our life that sometimes we forget about that have really shaped and shifted us. And it's really, it's refreshing sometimes to shift, well, all the time to, to shift that focus to those positive, beautiful people in your life that have contributed. I've had contributed people that have contributed in not so great ways, but that's, that doesn't matter. What matters is those people that were there, that showed up and that gave, gave everything they had of themselves to me. And those were my parents. Wow. Yep. I don't know the, I don't know the quote right off the top of my head, but what rings through my mind is there's a saying out there that life is, you know, 92% of what's, or it's, what is it? It's 8% what's given to you and, you know, 92% what you end up doing with it. So, amen. Okay. So shifting to something else funny, this is a little turn in the road here. I'm looking back at your bio. What is this climbed Mount Fuji in the typhoon? Oh yeah. (laughs) I feel like you were on that tour. Were you not, (laughs) were you in Japan in 2007? summer 2007 oh my goodness no I I think I was maybe the year before or the year after you're right I think you were in Michigan performing at the dinner theater okay so (laughs) (laughs) um I love Japan Japan has a soft spot in my heart and I went on tour to Japan a few times and I decided that after I was done touring to Japan as a performer I was going to go back and one of my I don't know why it was in my head, but I wanted to climb Mount Fuji. So I decided, <laughs> of course, I decided that I was going to hop on a bus and my younger brother was with me as well. And we started climbing, we started climbing Mount Fuji. And, and of course we were the naive, you know, two naive non-Japanese that didn't prepare. We just had like a dinky backpack. I had a, a small little sweater and <laughs> I had some, um, you know, Gatorade and a box of chocolate because the elevation, (laughs) that's pretty much all I had. (laughs) And there were plenty of Japanese people that said, you need to prepare, you need to get this. And then I didn't listen. Anyways, we started climbing the mountain. It's a a two day climb. It's a beautiful experience. And the first day was gorgeous. It was bright and beautiful and sunny. And the, the weather was perfect. And um, Jamel, that's my younger brother, Jamel and I were climbing Mount Fuji and I look behind and there's like 15 monks that are chanting and climbing the mountain with us behind. I mean, it was surreal. It was so incredible. And then when you get up to about the ninth level, so the mountain's not developed. So don't, uh, I don't want you to mistake me. It wasn't anything of luxury, (laughs) but when you get up to the ninth level, there's like sleep, like a little sleeping hut area. Uh-huh, and I've heard that. Mats. Yeah, there's tatami mats. And the, I mean, the whole point is for you to see um, the sunrise in Japan. That's what, why you climb Mount Fuji all the way to the top. Most wow. people only get to the fifth level and then they go back down because when you hit the fifth level, you have the opportunity to just go back down the mountain or keep going to the top because the elevation gets really high and sometimes people faint and they don't make it. So we kept going. We got to the ninth level. We slept in the mat or in the hut that night. And when we woke up, the weather was the complete opposite. It was windy and rainy and crazy. I've never experienced weather like this ever before. And my brother and I didn't know any better. And there was a couple Canadians and a full of other people. <laughs> And we were getting ready. We put on our, our jacket. I found a trash bag and me and my brother put trash bags on us. 
And we're like, okay, we're going to finish climbing the mountain to get to the top and nobody else is leaving. So none of the Japanese people are leaving. And I can't, I'm trying to figure out why no one was leaving. (laughs) Anyways, we started climbing back to the top of the mountain and it was so brutal. I mean, Jamel, my younger brother, almost got thrown off the mountain. Oh my goodness. There got a point where we were on our, we were on all fours and we were climbing because the weather was so bad. Kidding me. And we finally get to the top and there's a hut there and I'm banging on the hut and like, let us in, please let us in. And this Japanese guy says, typhoon. <laughs> typhoon. <laughs> so apparently there was a typhoon that we climbed through that we had Nada. no idea. Oh. And it, it was really, really bad. It was, it was pretty br- brutal actually, but he finally let us in. He gave us a bowl of soup and we waited for the weather to calm down. We didn't get to see the sunrise because there was a typhoon. <laughs> But that's okay. We made it to the top. We waited a little bit. It calmed down slightly. And when the weather calmed down a little bit, it was still raining and pouring and windy. But I told my brother, I said, we have to go down. Otherwise we might be here for a while. We might be here for a couple of days. So we made our way back down the mountain. And by the time we got down, we were soaked and freezing and cold and drenched because again, we didn't prepare properly, but it was an incredible experience. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. And this was, this was during tour. So this is, um, no, I went okay. back. You well, went back. You, I was going to say, how did you get two days group. off? No, no, no. There was a touring group there at the time, oh, but wow. no, we didn't go on. We didn't do it during tour. We decided to go back to Japan, not as a tour member. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? So we right. didn't know it was a typhoon until we made it to the tour. Right. <laughs> Wow. Okay. You're never going to live that one down. No. Great experience though. Well, I, I know we need to wrap this up here quickly, but this is killing me. I just have two more questions for you that are just so worth it. So I'll try and um, ask for short answers here, but I'm looking at the six pillars that you guys talk about that rise up for you. Talk about the relationships, money, self-worth, career, love, health and fitness. So I I know I just painted this picture of you being an invincible woman, having climbed Mount Fuji in a typhoon and all these other things, but clearly no one's perfect. And I want to ask which ones of these pillars, which ones come really naturally to you, if any, and are there any that you consistently struggle with a lot? That's a really great question. That is a beautiful question. Let me preface it by saying a few things about the pillars. When I came back um, from Canada and I had to start over, that's where I recognized the importance of the pillars. Because as I was building Rise Up For You, I realized that I felt completely depleted. And I felt depleted in every area except for self-worth, which is important because Mm -hmm. Self-worth is the main pillar that gets you to build every other pillar. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have belief in yourself and you don't love yourself and you don't have a trust in yourself, it's going to be really hard for you to, first off, be awakened to every other pillar and then to actually plan and take action on every other pillar. Yeah. So that's the only pillar that I had, but I realized that I felt depleted just in general. My relationships, my tribe, my community were depleted because... Before I had left, um, I was an executive and anybody that was an executive knows, like, I mean, you are working all day, every day, weekend, your phone is constantly there. I mean, there's no, there's no downtime when you, when you're in that position. So a lot of friendships fall by the wayside and, you know, making time for friends and family, it becomes not even secondary, but like fifth priority. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Relationships were gone. Um, I had to start over financially because unfortunately I was one of those women before um, that didn't take the time to build a financial awareness or Mm -hmm. um, financial education, which was really important. So that was a struggle when I came back. My career, I had to start over. So that was all the way down to the bottom. My heart was broken, which is the love pillar from the situation and my health and fitness were suffering from all of the above because of stress and anxiety and depression and hurt. I mean, I was, my health was like quickly going down the drain. So you can see that all of these pillars were, were really at the very, very bottom except for self-worth. And I recognized that if I wanted to be 
the woman that I wanted to be and make change in the world and in myself, I had to work on myself as a whole, complete human being. And the only way that that would happen is if I worked on those six pillars and research shows. And the interesting thing is, is that I didn't even, I didn't do the research on the six pillars before I created the six pillars. I created the six pillars based off of what I needed, like where I felt empty. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I did a bunch of research and I found that like the happiest countries in the world, the happiest people in the wor- world, Norway, Finland, these are the pillars that they're really strong at. They have beautiful com- communities, friends and family that they nurture. Financially, they're very well off and they know how to work with their money. They have purpose in their career. They have thriving, booming, loving, romantic relationships. They take care of their health, the, their well-being. Like that is pivotal in those countries that are really thriving and booming. And I strongly believe that if one of those pillars is down, then we're completely down as a whole pillar, as a whole person. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that every pillar, you have to balance every pillar because that is not always realistic. But I am going to say that it's important that we're mindful and we nurture every pillar. And that's, that's why those six pillars are so important is really being mindful of, okay, where are my relationships right now? And when I talk about relationships, I talk about like your community, professionally and personally, right? Mm-hmm. Where am I at? Where am I at with money? Where are my beliefs with money? Where am I heading with money? Do I have a future of stability? Am I constantly stressed about money? Am I constantly worried about it? Um, where am I with my self-love and my self-worth? Where am I at with my career? Do I have purpose? Do I feel great about it? Yeah. You know, any, whatever you do in your career, do you feel good about it? Where am I at in my love life romantically? Right? Is it, do I feel fulfilled? Do I have a loving partner? Am I looking for that? What do I need? And where am I at in my health? All of those things are really important. So, for me to answer your question, I just wanted to sum that up because that's really, that's really important. Again, if we want to create change in the world, we have to start with ourselves and we have to start with our whole self. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we'll never fully be able to make the impact that we can make and that we're meant to make. So the pillars for me that are always, well, that are mostly well, um, except for that, obviously the time that I created them. Now I, I could say, I can only speak for right now that my health and fitness is great right now. Um, I feel really great about that. My self-worth, I feel really incredible about. I feel really great about the relationships that I've built in my life. And the pillars that I'm working on right now, just educating myself and trying to get to the next level, I would say, is money, career, and love life. And I could say that transparently. And and the reason why I say that is because there's always a next level. There's always a next level. So somebody might look at me and say, well, you don't need to work on that pillar. You got it all together in your love life or in your career. But I could always turn around and say but here's the next place I want to get to. Right. And I have the same for health and, and relationships and self-worth, but right now those are pretty good for me. And I have some major goals for money, career, and love in 2019, big things happening in career with rise up for you, you know, and big right. things happening with wanting to expand and bring more people into this circle and get the message out globally because we need it. We all need it. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So one question before we jump into the power section here, what's something that you really want to happen in 2019? You personally, Uh, personally, or like professionally, personally, personally, if you have to pick one thing that you're really want to happen this year, you're really looking forward to it happening. What would it be? It could be career. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It could be, it could be anyone, something in either of any of those six pillars. Um, that's a good, that's a good question. Let me think about that for, you know, okay, let me say this. Um, Rise It For You has had obviously the predominantly women as part of our audience. We've also had a lot of men um, that have started to, I guess, show up and speak up and say, Hey, I listen to the podcast or I'm always on your website, even though I'm not a woman. And 
Um, I really like what you're saying because it applies to me too, which is a really beautiful thing. Something that's come to our attention is because of everything that's been going around the past year and a half with hashtag me too and the see her campaign and the gender division is we've been approached by different CEOs and companies that are just looking for support and how they can support women in their companies and in, in company culture, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So one of the goals that I have for this year, that is a personal and a professional goal, because on a personal side of things, it'll, it'll impact more people, which is really important on a professional side of things, obviously rise up for you will expand. But one of the things that we're working on in 2019 is getting our message into companies mm. and getting the message of becoming your whole self as, as a company, like, because the people are the company. So your company will only go as far, right? Sales yeah. will only go as oh, yeah. far as your people and their happiness. So moving in, we're doing some work in that field and um, really helping companies start to thrive and to also embrace their women and recognize how do I support them? How do I um, navigate through some of the gender issues that are happening in a positive way? Because right now the pendulum has swung completely on the other side of things where now they're starting to be pushed back. So now we're hearing people say, well, I'm not even going to go to, I'm not even going to have a meeting anymore with a woman because I just don't want to get in trouble. And you wow. don't want that to happen either. Right? Like we, we still want to be able to have connection between men and women. So it's really just navigating through it in a positive way. Um, so I would say that that's a goal for 2019 is really making some strides in the corporate world and helping women yeah. professionally in that space, as well as expanding it to men in the corporate world as well. And really just this that. whole idea of becoming your best self. And when that happens, you'll see your company shift as well. Wow. I love yeah. that. We need that big time. Okay. Let's move into the power section here. What is one book that you've read that's really impacted you that you would recommend to us? Oh, such a good question. A it's new earth. One. A new earth. <laughs> a new earth. A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle changed my life. Mm. And I'm going to read it again. I'll probably read it another 10 times. But it has completely wow. shifted my life. And I just finished it. And I can't stop thinking about it, to tell you the truth. Um, wow. It's really shifted my life. It talks all about the ego and the state of being. And just really, and really enjoying where you are now. The past is the past, the future is the future, and those are just thoughts. Your past and your future are thoughts, but when you are in the present, now you're being. Mm. Such an incredible book. I feel like you just answered the next two questions. <laughs> <laughs> so what's one quote that you live by? <laughs> um, one quote that I really live by is, yeah. if you loved yourself let me make sure I get this right because I want to sum it up to the T. If you loved yourself, you can never hurt another. Hold on. Let me get this right because I want... <laughs> Hold on. She's running away from us. <laughs> Damsel in distress. Well, I have the quote on my wall, so I want to, I, that's how much I want it. <laughs> if you truly loved yourself, you can never hurt another. Ooh. I had to do justice to the quote. It's by Buddha. Same but I, I believe in that. If you truly loved yourself, you can never hurt another. And wow. I, do, I do believe that. And I guess in my own way, how I see it is kindness and leading with love always wins. And when you love yourself, then you know you're able to, again, it's all about that ego. It's, it's about being able to put that ego aside and say, love will always win. And when you love yourself, then all you want is to love others. No matter what happens and no matter where they are in their life, love will always win. Mm. I feel like that needs to be a separate podcast topic, just based <laughs> off that quote. <laughs> if you truly loved yourself, you could never hurt another. Wow. Mm. Okay. So what is, what is your golden nugget? If you're leaving the world today, what is a message that you, that you would be telling everyone you want to leave behind? 
I think it, I think it is just what mm-hmm. I said, lead, mm-hmm. lead and respond with love, lead and respond with love. Even when it hurts, even when you've been hurt, lead and respond with love because hurt people hurt. Right. So that's yes. the opposite of if you truly loved yourself, you would never hurt another hurt people hurt. Yes. So, and there's going to be moments when you get hurt and you don't want to respond with love and you want to respond with anger, but we just all need more love. Everybody needs more love. And the world is so hurt right now. And everyone is full of fear and afraid to just love even when there's fear. And I think that, I really think that if we as human beings can get to this place where we can say, you know what, it's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give you love anyways. It will really make a shift in humanity. Wow. Yeah, I could take a lot away from that just right there. Um, Okay, so a lot of us know how to stay connected to you, of course, through the website. Um, And I know there's a lot of events when you were talking about the six pillars just then. um, There's a lot of events up on the website that specifically pertain to those things I know coming up. Mm. How do we really stay dialed into you, Netta? To me, to Natalina, Natalina. There's a couple things. Um, yeah, you can always go to the website riseitforyou.com. If you're not a subscriber to our community or to our newsletter, please do that on riseitforyou.com, and you'll get a weekly newsletter every week by me, written mm-hmm. by written by me. You can also go to netalina.com. Um, and there you'll see more of me. You'll see, you know, my past as a performer, motivational speaker, educator. That's where you'll, where you will learn really about Natalina. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I try to, I am on Rise It For You, but for the most part, I try to let Rise It For You stand on its own two feet because I want Rise It For You to exist beyond Natalina so, which is why I have my own website so that people can kind of see me in that light, but rise it for you. I, I want to make it more about others and serving than about myself. So if you really want to get to know me more, netalina.com would be the place to be, but I encourage you to go to rise it for you and see what we have. And and really just become a part of it, become a part of the community, become a part of the events, join the membership program, the becoming your best self membership program. That's really only designed to last for six months. It's not a program where we try to catch you for the rest of your life. It's a program where we really want to help you build an action plan in each of the six pillars. We have six experts that I personally vetted. I only have six. So it's not like we have hundreds of coaches. There's six people that I've personally vetted that have credentials, background, education, one in each pillar that will work with you to help you build that action plan. You could do three-month hybrid or six months, and by the time you're done, you have a full action plan and a strategy on how you're going to get to the next step in each one of those levels and really become your best self and start that journey. So yeah, head to the website. Try to grab as much as you can. There's a ton of free resources too, the podcast, webinars, articles. There's something there for everybody. And when they start those programs, um, if someone you know, choose a six month program, all those programs kind of start out with a call with you. Is that right? To kind yeah, of see where they're at and then you pass them on to the expert. Absolutely. And okay. that's, that's a really important point. Thanks, Georgia, is that the program is not cookie cutter. So it's not something that's like, you're all going to learn the same thing because we're not, we're all in different places. So one person might say, well, you know, this is what I'm working on in money right now. I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt and I just need to start from ground zero Somebody might come in and say, I'm great with money. I just want to learn where I can invest it and how to build like a better financial future. So everyone's going to be completely different in their pillars. So it would be unfair to do a cookie cutter program. So what you'll do is, you know, yeah. So what you'll do is you'll hop on a call with me for an hour where I will talk with you and we'll do a six pillar assessment. We call it the startup assessment with the six pillars. And then I take all of that information and there's like um, some questionnaires and stuff that go with each pillar, take all that information. And then I pass it on to the expert. and then they go through your profile and they see, okay, this is where she's at. This is where he's at. And then that's how they coach you each independently based off of where you are right now in your life. Wow. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, well, this one is, you know, pretty personal for you, but what does the phrase rise up to you mean for you? Rise up for you. Yes, I'm sorry. What did I say? Rise up for you. What is it? What comes to mind when you say that, when you hear that, when you listen to it, when you look at your website? For me, it's really about when you create change within and only you can do that, that's when we can really start to create change without and around us. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we are all on this planet to help elevate human condition. And we have to start by elevating, rising up with ourselves before we can do that. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think every kid is born with that dream in their heart, right? Mm. They're meant to change something. They're meant to change the world. They're meant to be the best they can. So, well, Nana, thank you so much for not just this interview, but allowing me to interview you and be a part of your show in your life. But thank you for starting Rise Up For You. I know there's a lot of people that have been touched and moved and it's just kind of getting started. So there's a lot more to come. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you. Thanks for, thanks for um, interviewing me. And just so you guys know, those of you that are listening, George is actually going to be hopping on the podcast. She, she's coming on. Yeah. She's coming on as a host. So um, every Monday you'll hear me every Friday, you'll hear Georgia and little, little secret, potentially every Wednesday we might do something together where we take, calls from you and we get questions from you and <laughs> yeah. talk to the community. So oh, that's such a blast that's to think some, about. Some good things, but great job on, you know, on your first interview with Rise Up For You. And Thank you. Great. It's awesome. I can't wait for people to actually hear some of the juicy details behind your life and <laughs> business. <laughs> thank anyway. you. Well, thank you. Have a good night, Nada. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow. Tomorrow.